Thank you, Pastor Abel, for that beautiful song. My soul desire. And the title of our message tonight is What is Your Heart Desire? Talagang Amen. Amen. All right. So, how are you this evening, brethren? Amen. All right. So, it's time to preach the Word of God. Have you heard the good news? Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen. 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 That's the good news. I hope we are all excited to that. And um, <clears throat> we thank you for your prayers. Uh, you know, every time the uh, sum summer is approaching, I'm, I'm getting like, you know, talagang gusto kong magkulong sa kwarto and it blasts off yung aircon. Uh, you know uh, you know what happened when then that things you know yung kakambal ko is lagi akong binibisita but anyway so pray for me tonight as i uh, preach the word of god um, our <clears throat> our our lesson tonight can be found in the whole chapter of Romans chapter 10 all right uh, um, i'll read i'll read this and uh, just follow follow me as i read this verse but I will concentrate on the uh, chapter 13, uh, I'm sorry, chap uh, verse 10, okay, and all the way to 16. For the Bible says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confess is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is the rich, unto all that call upon him. And verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us go to the Lord in prayer and may the Lord add blessings to this uh, reading of God's word. Let us pray. Our precious God and loving, loving Father, Lord, um, we are here tonight once again to study your word. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, you will guide me and be with me, Lord, and hide me behind the cross. You know, I'm not uh, worthy to be Lord in this pulpit, Lord, but you know, by your grace and your love, Lord, and entrusting uh, us, Lord, to, to preach thy word, and I pray, Lord, that you will put words in my mouth, anoint my own lips, O oh Lord, and please forgive me for all the sins that I have committed, O oh God, and may your name be always glorified, Lord, uh, whatever uh, we will do tonight, and may your name always be blessed, O oh Lord, in the in the reading and uh, listening of thy word, Lord. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, so tonight's lesson is about the desire. You know, what is your heart's desire? You know, this message looks at the heart of evangelism. So May is a month of evangelism. So it's just like unpacking the Christian's motivation message and mandate so all of us have heart desire right all of us have heart desire young or old you know we are all pursue our desire whatever that may be whatever that is we all would like to pursue this desire maybe our desire can be found in education okay business media relationship Leisure, those who like to go on vacation. Pleasure, wealth, success, and fame. But possessions for many are hearts' desires. 
will be motivated by these ideals we create. But ask yourself, is your heart desire self-oriented or, um, or a um, self-centered? Or is it a self-oriented? Are you on a heart desire motivating you to look inward to yourself and continually fulfilling your own needs? Or it is directed outward towards others? So as a Christian, we need to examine our motives. It is God's desire or people-centered. Because it is easy to get pulled into the mindset of the world. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may know, that ye may prove that it was good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I only have four points tonight. All right, my first point is our motivation is the lost. God's heart for the lost. What would you think God's heart desire is for the people? Of course, we know that God is love. He cares for everyone. You know, without question, one thing we learn from the Bible is that God's heart is to see people like you and me to be saved. John learned from the Bible is that God's heart is to see people like you and me to be saved. In John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And to be brought into the relationship with him. Why else would he have sent Jesus to die upon the cross? In 1 John 4, 4.14 says, And we have seen and, and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And in Matthew 1.21, And he shall bring forth a Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people for, from their sins. God's heart for the lost motivated the Father to send his Son to us as a, as a Savior. So God is not a self absorbed deity only thinking of his own needs not like us he is relational being like trinity and as a result of his, his people centered our god has a big heart for the lost soul and for the people of this world he cares passionately about people's lives so jesus heart for the lost where do we see this heart for God for the lost, of God for the lost? In John 1.1, 1, 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Colossians chapter 1.19, the Bible says, For it is pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Now, Jesus is exactly presentation of, of God. We see the multitude who were hungry. Who were hungry, Jesus fed. He held the individual. So, he wept over multitudes who rejected him. You know, he gave his life to the uh, disenfranchised that he made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, every time we share the gospel, you know, this 
people that we shared with and they reject the gospel. You know, we, God's heart breaks. And he laid down his life in order to save us as the lost. So, so in the life of Jesus, we see the heart's desire of God manifested in the flesh, which was motivated to reach each every one of us to see the lost found. Now, we see Paul's heart's heart for the lost in verse 1. You know, a heart for the lost should manifest itself in the life of a Christian. It should become a cons uh, consuming passion of our life, of our church, to see others found by Christ. To see others found by Christ, we see it in the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter three, uh, chapter 9, verse 3. For the Bible says, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And in our verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So Paul constantly, consistently spoke, consistently preached, debated, he witnessed, he ministered in the word and deed to the Jews and Gentiles. So he would travel thousands of miles. He would suffer much hardship, sacrifice, promising career, Yet he would see people saved, church flourish, Christian equipped and encouraged. So to do the same, ultimately he paid the highest price, his life all because he had heart for the lost. Mm -hmm. Now my question is, do we have heart for the lost? William Booth once had an audience with the King Edward VII of England. His Majesty has highly commended the salvation of his unflagging zeal and wonderful work among the poor. How revealing Booth was. Booth replies to the king's glo uh, glowing word. He said, Your majesty, some man's passion is from fame. My passion is for souls. So what are we passionate about? Is our passion is gardening. Okay, summer is coming. We're preparing our garden, okay? Sewing, housekeeping, those who likes to clean a lot, music, good food, socializing, art, and so on and so forth. What about the lost who are bound in hell? Do we have passion for them? Are you moved at all when you consider their predicament? Our God was just looked at the life, death and resurrection, that the sinner could be saved. So God is calling us to examine our heart's desire. What is it really? Are you in a state of numbness? It comes to the loss. When it comes to the loss, do you really care? Do we really care? Ask yourself, when, when was the last time you brought to others about the gospel? You know, we cannot just, you know, open the gospel to the people unless we see an opening, especially as a work in the Pedian, right? Um, yeah, when, um, <clears throat> when our friends, you know, like talk something garbage and then all of a sudden they talk about, oh my God, what happened? Then you go, oh, how do you know there's the God? Uh, I mean, why would you name the, put the name in God in vain? Now consider your family members, 
your friends, our community, this city, the nation, or the whole world. Countless people are hellbound. And it could be you that makes the difference between life and death. So if we, church, the great commission that Jesus passed on his disciples, he's now passed unto us. So we need to ask ourselves, it is our heart's desire to share it, or is it there something, someone else in the way? You know, that, that's, 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 that can be true too. You know, sometimes we want to share the gospel, but for some reason, something will interrupt. You know, something which some, uh, somewhere in the way that will stop that conversation. And my second point here is a mistaken motivation, verses 2 to 5. Okay, the Bible says that, For I bear them records that they have zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses uh, described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth the thing, that those things shall live by them. You know, <clears throat> we see here, we see here some people with sincere zeal for God. You know, yet little do they know it is misplaced zeal. But, but Paul is speaking from bitter exp uh, experience here in verse 2 that we have just had read. We all know that he lived before he was converted to Christ. We know Paul's life, right, before he got converted. Remember how zealous he was in his religion, advancing winning, winning recruits, persecuting Christians. He was devout, zealous, and sincere in all that he undertook. But he says in verse 2, For I am bare, for I bear them record that they have zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. In Revelation 19, verse 2, for true and righteous are his judgment, for he hath judged the, the, the great war, which did corrupt the earth with his fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his uh, servant at, the hand, at her hand. So it is good to have zeal without knowledge. You know, I mean, it is not good to have zeal without knowledge. So here are people who are sincere and zealous for God, yet it was totally misplaced. Now we can look at the motivated by works, okay? In verse 3, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness and have, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So rather than living by faith, Jews, the, these Jews established customs and traditions of their own in addition to the law of God. And in verse 5, for Moses described the righteous, which is the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. So this is what Paul thought until he was converted in Galatians 3.10. For as many as are of, of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Curse is every, everyone that continueth, continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So here we see religious people are trying to make themselves acceptable to God by their own efforts. Performance related, rather than submitting to the righteousness that comes to Christ. 
We can see that in verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So this way isn't this way isn't unlimited to the Jewish people. So religious people are of, of faith is still endeavor to establish their own righteousness in this way. It is our responsibility, as it was Paul's, to point out errors, to point out to the righteousness that comes to Christ. You know, when you when I before I share I, I start sharing the gospel, I ask these two diagnostic questions. I know some of you use that. Um, um, <clears throat> do you know for sure when you die you're going to heaven? And then the answer is yes. And then why would that? Why? And the second question is, what if you go to heaven? What What would you say if God asks you? Why would I let you into your heaven? And then of course there will be a lot of answers. I will encourage I will encourage them to answer the question. I'll tell them there's no right or wrong to these answers to these questions. And then most of them will say, Oh, I'm a good person. I help people. You know, I go to church every Sunday, and so on and so forth. And this, is, and this is, isn't being fundamental in this having a heart for the lost. Friends, you can be as serious and sincere as you like in religion, yet be sincerely mistaken. You can establish your own righteousness through law and good works, yet it will never save you. In Isaiah 64, verse 6, the Bible says, But we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness are as our filthy rags, and we all do, do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. In Romans 3.10, the Bible says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness before God come through Christ alone. Through faith alone. Paul had come to experience this. It's not until he had. We will, we will truly begin to have a heart for the lost. When will be that time will come? And number three point here is our message. Verse 6 to 13. Our message is to share the gospel. Have you ever asked yourself, how do I become a Christian? Some people think it's complicated. Some people make it complicated. Follow these uh, rituals, they, they will say. Do this and do that. And yet some preachers leave you confused. How can I be saved? But it is really, in reality, it's as simple as A, B, C, as our pastor will say, as simple as A, B, C. In verse 6 to 7, the Bible says, But the righteousness which is of faith is speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from heaven. And verse 7, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. So watch this. Paul uses Moses' farewell speech. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 11 to 14. For only all king of Basham remained of, of that remnant of giant. Behold, his uh, bedstead was a bedstead of iron. He's talking about the bed frame here. It's not a rabbah of the children of Ammon. Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits of the breadth it, of it, after the cubit of a man. And this land which we possess at that time from uh, from from Or, Orer, 
Wow, what a name. Which is by the river Arnon and the half Mount Gilead and the cities thereof gave I unto the Reubenites and, uh, and to the Gadites. And verse 13, and the rest of the Gilead and all the Basham being the king of Og gave I unto the half tribe of Man Manasseh all the region of Agog which all Bashan which were called the land of giant. And verse 14, Jair the son of Manasseh took all the country of Agog unto the coast of um, Geshuri and uh, Machati and called them after his own name Bashan Havor Jer unto this day. So here this is what I'm trying to say here. Here Moses tells the people that God directs you know, directive found his word are available and easily accessible. So Paul is making the point that gospel message is always available and accessible to all. That is not, that is not complicated. Paul tells us that salvation is also close to your own mouth and heart. So we see that firstly, that faith comes by hearing. We must be in the presence of gospel message itself. It must be heard. It must be heard. In verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. This is what with the uh, outward confession and inner belief. Then in verse, verse 8, we see in our outward response and confession, the Bible says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And in verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be, uh, believe in thine heart that the God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So, in these verses, this outward confession and inner belief belong together. You cannot have one without the other. You know, you confess, you cannot confess Jesus is Lord and without the belief that would be a lie and you cannot have the inner belief with outward confession uh, species. So these two are like married together. They are two together. In verse 10, for with the heart, a man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the gospel here, the gospel truth found here are that Jesus died, Je Jesus died, rose again, was exalted, reigned, and Lord, and the Lord gave salvation all of the believe. So this is what it means to receive salvation through faith. This is, is the intelligent faith which lays hold of this truth. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Sorry, we have a lot of verses to read, but I just want to make it clarified. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you that the gospel which I preach unto you which also ye have received, and where ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye kept in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in, in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. And verse 4, and that he was buried, and, the ro and he, that rose again in the third day according to the scripture. So this is our message. This is the message. It is not complicated. Anybody can share it from nine-year-old all the way to the 99-year-old people. Okay? This message can make all the difference between eternal life and eternal death. Armed with this message on our lips and in our hearts. So people will be saved 
by grace of God as they come to confess Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart as that he was raised him from the dead. So this is the promise in verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in my last point, our mandate, verses 14 to 21. I didn't hear any amen. <laughs> amen, okay. Our mandate is to go, okay. It's to go. It is our responsibility to make the gospel known. In verse 14, how then shall they call on him and him they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they have uh, they hear without the preacher? You know, how will you love, how is your loved ones, your neighbors here if we don't, if we don't tell them? How are they going to learn? How are they going to learn? Without someone telling them to make his message known to go, to go and tell. This is our charge, is to go. If you are a Christian tonight, you have been commissioned by Jesus to go exactly where you are. In Matthew 28, verse 18, and, and, Jesus, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Are we or are you making an impact? The impact of Coca-Cola. You know why Coca-Cola is so, is so popular? That's a lot of caffeine. 91% of the world's population has heard of Coke. 74% have seen Coke. 51% of people have tasted Coke. And 10% of the world's population has heard the gospel. Actually, I'd rather drink Pepsi than Coke. When I, heard, when I saw this one, I was, I was gonna say, change it to Pepsi. But anyway, that would be a lie. So, what if each one of us made it our heart desire to share with one person this week in our community or in our workplace this simple gospel message? Madali lang, di ba? Madali lang. Then every week, what sort of impact might you think will you have as a church over time? Probably, mamadali nating bumili ng malaking church. Maybe you have to spoken to a family members, to a friend and neighbor, and you feel it all not to, not no avail. Maybe you have prayed for them, but still, yet they are not saved. When I was reading this, I'm 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 thinking of my best friend, my best man when I got married. Every time I shared to him the gospel, he always asked. Um, uh, he he called me man. Bata pa ako, man. Hindi ko kailangan yan. Bata pa ako. Sabi niya, hindi pa ako mamamatay. And I will always, uh, I'll, and my response is, would you like to go with me in the cemetery and tell me only old people that are buried in there? There are young ones, babies, and young kids, or um, they are different kind of ages that go in there. And he was just giggle and laugh at me. So listen to this story. An interesting experience he had after a baptism service. He writes, I bumped into a woman in the stairwell who was crying. I thought this was a little odd. Since the service was so joyful, I asked her if she was all right. She said, no, I'm struggling. My mom was baptized today. 
I prayed for her every day for almost 20 years. For almost 20 years. Then the reason I'm crying because I came this close to giving up on her. At the five-year mark, I said, who needs this? God is not listening. At the year, at the 10-year uh, mark, I said, why am I wasting my breath? At the 15th year mark, I said, this is illogical. And uh, at the 19-year mark, I said, I'm just fooling myself. But then I just keep trying and kept praying even with the weak faith, he said. I kept praying. Then she gave her life to Christ. And she was baptized today. So brethren, if you have someone that you are praying for, especially that those who are close to you, don't give up praying for them. You know, God is merciful. God is always in control. So we stop praying. We corresponding demons our desires and dreams. So we stop believing that God cares and that he will act. That he indeed, a God who wants to ask, to ask I hope that you will trust God, love, and concern for you. And his ability as well. I hope that you will continue to be persistent in prayer. No matter what they say, you know, no matter how many times they reject you, keep praying for them. No matter how discouraging the circumstances seems, what conditions are your feet in these days? God says, if you share the gospel in verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Mm -hmm. So there is no greater privilege than sharing the good news with others. Yes, there will be a lot of rejection. The news of redemption, salvation, and peace, who do you need to go to? God has equipped us and armored us suitable footwear. But Robert, I'm not a soul winner. Brother Robert, I don't know how to win soul. That's why we have all these tools to learn how to win souls. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, and you'll fit shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Sharing the gospel, we will face rejection and acceptance. And verse 18 to 21, but I, but I say, have they heard? Yes, verily, their son went into all, all earth and their words unto ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to the jealousy by them that are people, and by foolish nation I will anger you. And verse 21, but Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he said, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. Yes, there will be those who will reject your message. But please, don't get discouraged. Many religious rejected the Messiah, which is their, this is the self-righteous. Did God give up? He did not. Did, did Paul give up? No, he did not. He went to others because God promised that others will respond. You know, once you get rejected to one person, Keep going. You know, in verse 20, Isaiah is a very bold, who do not seek, who do not ask. Look what God says to those who reject him. All day long I have held out of my hand to a disobedient and obstinate people. God's hands is always open to everyone. 
We must never make judgment about individual upon how they look or what they've done. How they have responded in the past, if they have rejected the gospel once, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they will continually reject. God's hand is still open wide to everyone. Sabi nga nila, magsasawa rin, maubusan din ng excuse yan. You know, pupunta at pupunta rin yan sa church. Just keep, keep inviting them. Just keep telling them. So don't be put off by rejection. Don't judge the person. That's why, you know, this is the reason why many Christians don't want to share the gospel because of rejection. You know, don't, so Satan's desire is to immobilize all of us from telling others the good news. Maybe he has sins so too big so, so you can give up. Maybe we can say, oh, malakas si Satan. I, I can't I can fight with him. Maybe you're lost in the motivation of the evangelism. Your heart's desire have been diverted. You no longer share the message. You've, been, you've become self-centered rather than other people-centered. Now, he said, Brother Robert, hindi pa ako nakapag-share ng gospel. How, how am I going to share the gospel if I never have experience? That's why I encourage you. Every time there's someone or our, our brethren here who are sharing the gospel to, to other people, go with them. Join them. You know, by, by, by that, we can learn, we will learn, and we can go our own, or maybe with, with our partners. I mean, there are a lot of gospel trusts right there that we can use. You know, so just, just keep going. Just pray that God will give us, each, every one of us, one soul for this year to bring in the church. In my conclusion, there is a story about a traveler who fell into a deep pit and could not get out. Several persons came along and saw him struggling in the pit. The sensitive person said, I fell, I feel for you down there. And the uh, reflective person said, it's logical that someone would fall into that pit. The autistic Autistic uh, person said, I can give you idea on how you de uh, decorate your pit. The judgmental person said, only bad people fall into that pit. The analytical person said, help me to measure that depth of your pit. And the curious person said, tell me how you fell in that pit. The uh, evaluation, evaluator person said, tell me how are you paying taxes on this pit. The self-pitying person said, you should have seen my pit. The specialist in medit uh, med meditation said, just relax and don't think about that pit. And the optimist person said, cheer up, things could be worse. And the pessimist said, be prepared, things will be worse. But Jesus, but Jesus saw that man, took him by the hand, and lifted him up out of the miserable pit. That's what Jesus did for us. So I hope that we could do the same thing to others as well. Maybe you want to recommit your life to the heart of the evangelism once again. So we have, uh, we have seen our schedule. You know, there will be a big event coming this month. You know, uh, hopefully that you prepared yourself, avail yourself to join. And 
I think every time we have that, we go out and um, uh, spread the gospel, diba? Our gospel truck. Join us, or join, join, join uh, just and maybe from there is the is the big start already. So Lord, you can say, Lord, please use me. You can say, Lord, use me. But again, there will be a lot of things that we can face. But don't give up. Okay, uh, hopefully that this message can be uh, a great or uh, a great encouragement to all of us, especially to all of us being a Christian for a while now, and hindi pa tayo marunong mag-share ng gospel. I think uh, I'm not, hindi ko sinusukat ang pagka-Kristyano nyo, or maybe you say, oh, kasi deacon ka, Brother Robert, kaya marunong, no. Not, not only that, not only our pastor should, should uh, share the gospel. I think every member of Bergen Bible Baptist Church or every Christian in this world have a part in evangelism. Amen? Amen. All right, let's bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. Lord God in heaven, it is time for us, Lord, to to recommit ourselves to the heart of evangelism. Oh Lord, you have taught us a lot of things. You, you have used a lot of people already, Lord, in this pulpit in order for us to be encouraged and learned how to share the gospel. But Lord, there's still things that is stopping us. Please Lord, uh, give us boldness, give us courage, Lord, to go and to preach the gospel as what you want us to do. Lord, we pray you will give us your heart for the lost, that your motivation will our motivation to the lost, that your love will be our love also to the lost. Lord, expand our love to the lost. Equip us, one of us, with the simple gospel message that if we confess in our mouth that the Lord Jesus, you know, we will be saved. Lord, we pray, Lord, that Send us on our love to the, and the power. Equip us through your Holy Spirit to fulfill the mandate that we pray that you will grant us success in so doing in Jesus' name. We pray, amen and amen. Thank you very much, brethren, for listening. I hope that this message will be encouraged to each and every one of us. Amen. Good night.